0: Welcome back Hello Justin Cervillo here Rough Day and Showbiz podcast Have a splendid friend of mine today On the show Named Maddie Cruz That's <gasps> me That's you. Maddie is a writer. They are an alumni of the University of Central Florida and the American Film Institute in Hollywood. They are also a filmmaker as well and have made a few short films that are on Vimeo and are very fun. You should check them out. Dark comedy and the AFI student films that they have written that I've seen. Which are not released. Are not released. Yeah, because they're
1: they're school projects and they're not allowed to release those.
0: But, but. uh, (laughs) They're still good. But they are somewhere (laughs) and Maddie has shown them to me and they are freaking cool. You can see them if you're like close friends with an alumni or whatever. Yes. Don't text me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't text Maddie. So anyway. Hey. Let's get right into it. Hello, hey buddy, Matty. Hi, buddy. You are wearing a Star Wars shirt, and it's making my life right now. It's the Rebel Alliance. The Rebel Alliance. Uh, why? I'm not gonna. I'm queer. I'm not gonna like
1: side with the the people that were basically modeled on the Nazis.
0: No, <laughs> that makes
1: sense.
0: Uh, yes, those those families wearing Darth Vader shirts I don't care. are unaware.
1: I don't care how many private contractors were on the Death Star when it exploded. <laughs> Fuck them. They didn't, to,
0: they, didn't take, they didn't need that money. No. No, I didn't need it. They didn't need it. And Maddie, mm. as we mentioned is a writer and I just want to get right into um when you have to when you have a deadline when you got to write a script, a screenplay, something what is that day like for you you wake up what are you thinking about what is the process like
1: the process is pretty much to get myself in as comfortable a zone as humanly possible like hmm. sometimes so for right now for example i'm currently working on a handful of different projects and they're all like sort of dragging me into different directions
0: oh
1: um like three pilots of a uh a radio play and two features. Very cool radio play. Six different projects just all like dragging me in different directions. The radio play is actually inspired by Astronaut House that I told you about.
0: Yes, Astronaut House. Oh, I wish I've seen Astronaut House, but I wish you guys could see it because it's like a Black Mirror episode it reminded me of. Really? Yeah, it has that vibe.
1: Wasn't going for that, but that's cool. Hey, I... (laughs) That's sometimes that's something that as a writer you have to sort of like accept and go like okay, I'll take it, yeah, take whatever praise you can because it's not going to come all the time.
0: I like I saw a long time ago, but I I I loved it. I was like oh this is freaking cool, dude. But when
1: I'm working, um, it's sometimes it'll take a lot for me to sort of like drop into the mode of like, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing Mm -hmm. because, uh, I work full time. I have a very busy schedule. Uh, I work at the AFI right now and just trying to find the, the moments to sit down and actually go like, okay, I need to bang out these pages. What I need, what I, what has worked well for me in the past is finding a way to just sort of be okay with that first vomit draft (laughs) just get it out on the page just get it and that's the issue that i'm running into right now Uh. the first 20 pages have always been the most difficult if i can get beyond this 20 page wall everything after i can cruise to the end i think one of the fastest things that i've ever written was 80 pages in nine hours Wow, yeah, I it wasn't good, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> right
1: no, it came out it came out like it was a mess, but there was it, it, it got done mm-hmm. and then the next draft got better then the next draft got better and the next draft it was just getting it onto the page. and rewrites are always difficult, especially when you're working with someone and you you finish that first draft and you're like this, is amazing It's Mm -hmm. perfect we can go we can take this straight into production now and then like someone that you trust comes along and is like you did all these things wrong you're like oh i I gotta go lie down and not think about dying uh um but ultimately you have to sort of accept the fact that like there's merit in the things that they said and you know what they're right and you just move on you go to the next draft you go like okay how this was an issue. How do I make it better? And it's really finding those, you have to be so comfortable with the fact that you just failed Hmm. and being comfortable with that failure constantly over and over and over again makes it so much easier for you to find um, ways out of it because your brain is just on, it's just firing on all synapses, and then subsequent drafts get better and better and better until it's like extremely strong. Hmm. Um, and I ran into that with a handful of uh, projects that I wrote while I was at, at AFI and before AFI and since then. Um, stuff that's gotten me notice, stuff that's gotten me meetings. Wow. Um, stuff that may. Get me an agent? Yes. At CAA. I mean, that's. Oh. I, I mean, like, fingers crossed. I'm just having just a few contacts with the dude. Damn, um, Maddie. But he loves my stuff. And it's really, if you're ever like, cause we all get into that mode of like being terrified, like, oh, I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah. It's not a race, it's a marathon. You've got to be in it for the long haul. Oh. <sighs> And that's true with pretty much every aspect of the film industry that I've done. Mm. I've done a lot.
0: You have, you were telling me about how you worked on sets and how you have done all positions and and all that. What might be like a, a challenge that you face like a, a regular challenge as a writer? Although you kind of answered this, you kind of, you kind of went into that.
1: The, uh, the the great thing about my undergrad program was that it was geared towards micro budget filmmaking mm-hmm. because in the nineties two UCF graduates went up to the woods in Maryland and uh, shot a super super low budget movie and it turned into Blair Witch Project mm-hmm. so they decided to build the whole program around that where it was just beg borrow steal kill learn every aspect. Mm-hmm so that you can go off and make a movie on your own, just shoot a gorilla style. Um, you're in charge of the camera, of the script, of the pre-production, post-production, all of it. So it's great training for people who just want to make movies. It's great mm. training for, there's a lot of documentary filmmakers that have come out of UCF. Uh, because that's what you do. It's just, usually it's like a three person crew Mm. and you run off and do your doc. Um, what I found was that I loved, I've always loved writing. I've always been super into writing, but, uh, I thought I was going to have more of an eye in camera because Mm. I had an art background. I was a painter for a little bit. You are such a painter. (laughs) No, I was a painter, I was an illustrator. I would have I would have artist tables at comic conventions and all that. I was I was semi-pro. I was Damn. just getting into it. I didn't know that shit. Oh yeah. Um and I got carpal tunnel syndrome. Oh fuck. And I had to drop a lot of that. And it just it stopped being fun. Yeah. So I redirected and went into film and what I discovered was camera was not my thing which shocked me Mm. but editing very very much was Mm. and picture editing sound editing i loved doing sound um and something that i've told you before was that what one of the best lessons i ever learned at ucf was you can forgive bad picture Mm -hmm. but you can never forgive bad sound so i did lots and lots of uh tests for the shorts that I did at UCF by just playing with soundscapes and building a library of, uh, of noises for different projects that I was working on oh, and cool. trying out different types of, uh, of setups so that I could not only produce a film that I could shoot in, what was it? We shot it in eight hours and it was a full fi- uh, like five minute length film we did just like did the entire thing in a single day in a location wow because we weren't constantly moving everything all over the place we had the whole setup down and i had a lot of i had a lot
0: of fun doing that that does sound fun
1: and it also like keeps you aware of things that most people don't think about when they first start going into film like the noise that you don't hear until you're finally <laughs> editing your film. Like
0: <laughs> that uh, ominous, mm, that's just there and you didn't hear. Yeah. is
1: Yeah. What is that noise? Is that the air conditioning? Is that the right? Washer, yeah, yeah. The like, dryer. What the even bridge? is that? Yeah.
0: Um, like is, there's, there's no electronics in that room. There's, there's no generators of any kind in that room. Where is that coming from? <laughs> it's I, a blank room. <laughs> I
1: have some fun stories about noise.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. yeah not fun and it's um i'm sure you could get it out but it's your audio is pretty much fucked yeah if you if you've got that it's like "Mm." you have to do
1: so much digging yeah in in pro tools or audition just to just to narrow down that one thing god fucking help you if it's (laughs) if it's uh something that changes pitch and then you have to find it for every single fucking frame,
0: <laughs> and God. then you
1: just want to weep and just stab your eyes out. And then you get to learn the wonderful world of ADR, mm-hmm. which I did. I was an ADR tech on a documentary.
0: Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. ADR is cool. I like. um, I really enjoyed it when it's done well. It it's very. I very much appreciate it. Yeah. You know, in movies. Um when it's done poorly. It's actually amazing how many like iconic movies have bad ADR. <laughs> like I mean like the most painfully rec-
1: the most recognizable ADR is usually the stuff that you hear on network TV when they're covering up a swear word with something absolutely oh, right. ridiculous. Yes. Did did Bruce Willis really just say Mr. Falcon or was that someone else? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Falcon. Oh uh, my
0: God. That's Mr. Falcon. That is very sad. Um <laughs> Do we just maybe think of a better word? <laughs> Motherfucker. Some, right, right. Or just um, not censor anything. That'd be nice. The one that has always just like thrown me
1: was mamma jamma.
0: Mamma jamma. Yeah,
1: like wow. Who says that?
0: Nobody. Not a not nobody a nobody at all. Flabbergasted. <laughs> See, that's
1: a real word. Yeah, and I could actually Conceive of someone saying flabbergasted, but not not in the moment when you walk in on your wife uh, fucking the neighbor, like, I'm flabbergasted. And like, he didn't say that.
0: <laughs> I'm flabbergasted, flabbergasted. Oh, God. Um. Well, I know that you have a treasure chest full of stories here. I do. I, I'm excited, yes. When
1: you... Learn how to do all of the different disciplines, you wind up taking all sorts of different jobs. Mm-hmm. And a huge portion of my career back when I was living on the East Coast was day playing. I day played hmm. for commercials and for TV shows, uh, just all the time. That was how I made most of my money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was PA jobs, a lot, some of it was. It was mostly PA, but there was also some grip work and and uh, so many other different gigs. Lots of driving, um, <laughs> yeah, which we'll talk about.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Um, yeah. There's a story for everything. There, is, there really is. Oh my god, it's I love it. Terrifying. You were because, meant for this
1: podcast. <laughs> well, it's because it's because I'm from Florida, and there's. <laughs> There's no escape from the insanity of Florida, no matter like what job you do. I mean, I can't tell you how many times before I got into the film industry, before I started going back but like this. I mean, I dropped out of college. And hmm. I was just like, I'm going to be a stand up comedian. And like that shit didn't work out at all. <laughs> I, you are so a stand up comedian. <laughs> and I wound up like living in a trailer with three other people. This is a single wide whoa playing call of duty every night and i'm like i just want to kill myself wow uh and then i'm like i gotta go back to school i can't do this anymore. but that does sound really fun i'm just i'm gonna be honest it sounds fun but that's most of the other people that live there so you're just constantly (laughs) thinking how do i get better than i'll go into the film industry and to be fair Every single day I've ever had on a film set is like a thousand times better than the, like the worst day I've had on a film set is a thousand times better than the best day I've ever had working when I worked at Best Buy, Oh, which I was at for four years.
0: Ah. Wow. I worked in the warehouse. (laughs) You are so a Best Buy warehouse person. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit.
1: Um, but I started working in the industry in 2011. So it's been about eight years. Wow. It's 2019 now. 2019. Um, started working in the industry as in 2011. And the first few gigs I got were mostly student stuff, just learning the ropes and I don't know what I'm doing. And I was, (laughs) uh, but the very first professional job I got was a day player on a campaign commercial for a uh, former Florida center Senator Bill Nelson. Oh yeah. Wow. It was awesome. I met him. He was really, really cool. Huh. This was in, this was in 2012 over the summer. Um, and he could not have been nicer. Wow. And the crew was really cool, and I had a very close call while I was working this job.
0: Here we go. Y'all ready for this? Here we go. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) it's my first job. I want to make a good impression. I want to get there. I got there super early, and I stopped off at McDonald's to get some breakfast, uh, like three southern chicken biscuits they don't have them here but it's just like they're deep fried um dark chicken meat wow on butter biscuits oh baby and and i think you can get cheese on them as well oh baby and it is delicious sounds great it's like a little bit spicy too so it's delicious (sighs) filled me up Mm -mm. with uh with some orange juice and i'm like i'm at work i'm good to go (laughs) i've got all my energy And then about three hours into the day, I need to take a shit. Yes. So I am in Bill Nelson's house (laughs) in central Florida. And I really have to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, where's the bathroom? And I find it. And the producer of the commercial is sitting outside of the bathroom Just like he turned that little, this little nook into like his production office for the time that we were there. And I'm not like fucking around. Like most people when they're like first on their first set, like they want to hover around the camera. I don't give a shit. I don't want to bother anybody doing their job. I just want to do mine. But now I have to go to the bathroom and go into the bathroom and I'm in there for a while. Because <laughs> I do my business, there's no mess, hooray. Yeah. And I hit the flush and the water did not go down, it just started going up. <gasps> I am in a sitting U.S. senator's bathroom oh. and I'm about to flood his fucking bathroom <laughs> with shitty water and i panic mm-hmm. for the briefest moments i'm just like does he even have a plunger i don't know if he has a plunger because how do you go down and do you, ask that yeah like, there's how no do you do way yeah. i'm looking around the bathroom i i don't like i'm looking for a plunger i see the picture of him because this man <laughs> went to space I see a picture of him with his sh- space shuttle crew, because he went up into space. He was the second ever uh, uh, member of Congress to go up into space oh, dear while Lord. he was in Congress. oh, And I see like the shuttle crew just sitting there with their helmets going, like, we're about to go up. Oh. Fuck off. And... And I think to myself, there's no way this man has a plunger in here. And then I suddenly realized wait a minute. Everybody has a plunger in their bathroom. Even a sitting senator has to like have a bad egg salad sandwich and just like scream, where's my laptop? Bring it to me. <laughs> we need to take care of some business because I'm not getting out of this office today. Um, spoiler alert did not find a plunger. So I just waited and prayed and hit the flush again and it went down and flushed and everything was fine and crisis averted. Oh. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh. And I opened the door and the producer is sitting there and he looks at me, just gives me this look like, is everything all right? Like, Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Oh. oh, What a day. That is excellent. Got paid $300 to almost uh,
0: destroy <laughs> Bill Nelson's. Past. The detail of him <laughs> with the, sh- the the space shuttle crew is.
1: Absolutely real. I couldn't is,
0: believe it. So you're about to flood this bathroom <laughs> with this iconic man. Yes. he ha- And you know, it's why would he have the, it, the picture is special to him. It's in the bathroom. Right. I mean, he's like. Or maybe it's not special. Jim. Maybe I think I it's know. special. I you think don't want to flood that bathroom. I also basically. think that
1: it's kind of like bragging because he's just like, yeah, yeah, you're in my bathroom. You're about, oh yeah. you're about to take a piss. This <laughs> is
0: what I put in the bathroom. Guess what I'm?
1: Guess, yeah, <laughs> this is only one of my many achievements. Yeah,
0: imagine what's in my office. <laughs> right. <laughs> fuck, uh, <that's>, fuck you. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> But good for him. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I would also do the same thing if I had a picture with a space shuttle crew. I would probably put it front and center in mm-hmm. my house. Yeah. Um, wow. That's an awesome story. <laughs> I love that. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Are you working on anything right now that you'd like to talk about?
1: I am working on a handful of pilots, pilots, and uh features and like everything is sort of like dragging my uh attention in a, a different directions but some of the things that i'm that i'm working on right now that i'm really really excited about because they're pretty far along and i think that they're all registered too so i don't feel weird about telling you about oh, good them. um So one of the shorts that we did at AFI was inspired by a feature that I wrote at AFI called the astronaut house. Yes. And the thing that has always excited me about this project was the fact that it's looking at the space program from a point of view that we're not really used to. Mm -hmm. So here's a little background about that. The at At Kennedy Space Center, uh, back before they built up like all the extra rocket pads mm-hmm. and turned it into a fil- civilian launch center for NASA, there were all these beach houses all along the shore on on Cape Canaveral, and they bulldozed every single one of those and moved all the people that lived there out, except for one. One of those houses that was built is still there to this day. And it's referred to as the astronaut house.
0: Perfect story. Oh and my God. What
1: they do there is before every manned mission launch at uh, Kennedy space center, mm-hmm. they have a huge going away party for all of the astronauts. Wow. And the thing that has always like interested me about this was like, what is that party like before the first mission to Mars? yeah so like yes yeah. because this is not only like a huge celebration of like the the power of of like scientific minds and the endeavor of the human spirit and like wow. trying to go higher and farther and do better and better and better through science and just like human willpower but it's also like the spot where 14 astronauts last saw their families <sighs> To, because of the the unfortunate disasters that befell Challenger in Columbia. Yeah. So I wrote a feature inspired by that. Yes! By that idea. And the feature was always sort of like in trouble because it was just, there was so much information. Mm. And there's so much that I wanted to explore. So I got like different ideas from different people about how to approach it until I had a meeting with uh, someone and they put this earworm in my brain and said, you should do a podcast. Oh, I was like, really? Oh, but then he didn't say anything else. Hmm. He was like, how the fuck do I do this as a podcast? And I figured it out. So I'm pretty far into the planning stages of this one. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But basically this is from the point of view of the daughter of the mission commander. Because the daughter and the mission commander—it's a mother-daughter story. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't get along. They've never really gotten along, but the father recently passed away, and the mother is about to go to Mars, and the daughter is going to be left alone. She's like 15 years old. So all of this—this this drama between these two—is just finally coming to a like over the course of the year leading up to the launch, and then finally during the night before all of this drama pent up about their family just comes to a head um, leading both of them to like having some really serious revelations about themselves and the relationship that they have with each other. Meanwhile, we're also looking at it from the perspective of other astronauts there. Mm -hmm. And the way that I'm presenting it is the entire thing is from the perspective of the daughter who's composing a report for her school huh. about the space program. And then she falls into this larger thing, into this thing that's more about like her personal relationship with all of these people that are about to like leave yeah for Mars uh, for like three years, which, and it could be a one-way trip. Yeah. So it's kind of like, kind of like presenting it in the uh, sort of the, f- Kind of presenting it in the, the similar vein to serial yeah so it's like her one-on-one interviews her uh hidden microphones picking up live conversation uh different reports uh just all sort of bundled together and doing this huge storyline wow of uh disparate pieces that form
0: one large story that is fucking cool yeah I did not know you were doing that. I am doing that. That is fucking cool. It's um, really hard. Like, I bet
1: that's going to be so audio cool. Is such a different animal. too. Yeah, it, yeah. Because it's a completely different form. I Very had difficult. Forever to f- to find the proper format for writing the script. True. And like now it feels like okay. I think I'm I think I'm ready to go to pages. I think I'm ready to like wow really get into it. So. I'm doing that. I'm also doing something with my friend JW. We're working on a project, uh, a pilot, a um, 30-minute plot-based single-camera comedy show. Cool. uh, About the end of the world. (laughs) So here's a concept. (laughs) The world is ending. Yes. It's going to end. Like, there's a giant a gray alien cube about a quarter of the size of the moon hurtling towards the planet. And it's Whoa. not stopping like, so we're doomed mm-hmm. and we know about it and everybody is freaking out and there's riots everywhere. And religious leaders don't know what to do. And, um, people are, they don't, they don't know. They're just going fucking crazy. And some people are still going to their jobs just sort to pretend that it's not there. Uh, but, it's just absolute chaos. And my main two characters, Roger and Claire, they're uh twins, they're adults, they're both working in their regular everyday lives. He's at his job. There's hours to go. And he finally decides, I'm glad the world is ending cuz I hate every single one of you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck especially fuck you you're cool but fuck you
0: (laughs) you are also the person to write this right
1: (laughs) um so like he just tells off everybody that he knows and then he goes door to door tells off everybody that he knows and uh, meanwhile his his sister is like she's been bored with the same boring ass husband for Mm. her whole her whole life and she's just like i'm gonna fuck this guy at, at her job that she's wanted to for a long that she's always felt like sweet on. and they they like do the things that they always wanted to do. Yeah and uh, they're like, all right, bring on the apocalypse. <laughs> and Roger falls asleep on the on the front lawn in a lawn chair with his like directed towards the incoming cube. <laughs> and when he wakes up, the skies are clear. The <gasps> cube is gone the world is saved oh oh no <laughs> and the the whole show is about uh them and the rest of the world just sort of dealing with the aftermath of of them going on this binder. massive <laughs> it was a massive near-death experience wow worldwide that's so good and they're traveling across the country to to find their mom uh because the mom went missing and they're like, we don't love her, but we should find out what happened to her. <laughs> we don't know if we're going to kill her when we get there or not, whatever. But it's just, they're sort of riding this high of sort of restarting their lives. And they pick up this uh teenage girl named Emma, who's, she's been sheltered her whole life by these uh, conspiracy theory loving parents. Oh, Um, and it's like this place is really fucked up as there's chaos everywhere. Was it always like this? This is a Walmart. This is pretty much par for the course. (laughs) But the entire thing is about the apocalypse and like what it does to people and what it does to the psyche of of human beings and what it's like to sort of be told, Hey, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, I'm still kind of worried. Um, and uh, the yeah. name of the the show is Apocalypse Later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, hey, Matty. Yeah. Um, where can people follow you? Where can we see you doing writing all this awesome stuff? Uh, well, my
1: Twitter handle is at Argonaut eighteen A R G O N A U T one eight at Argonaut eighteen, yep, um, and it's the same handle for my Vimeo page. It's the same same name, so you'll just look me up there. Hell yeah! Uh, I don't know. I never update my uh, Instagram, but it's the same <laughs> thing too. So if you want to look at that as well,
0: at Argonaut eighteen, everyone follow Maddie. Um, you heard it. Astronaut house. Apocalypse later. Who doesn't want to see that? I certainly do. <laughs> and you need to keep me updated when it's out because I have to see both of those things now.
1: Absolutely. Like, we're working. um am trying to work with some people so that I can eventually get some uh, voice actors together to film a, to, like, uh, record a demo oh, cool. for Astro um, because that's a large cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might call you, and <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but I'm like, "Hey, man!" I don't know too many people. The guy
0: sitting across <laughs> from you is, a... thank and,
1: you. And and me and my friend uh, J Dubs are gonna. We're trying to put together something for uh, a teaser, so that we can start marketing oh. Apocalypse later around. Oh, I
0: fucking love that. Sell it. I love that so much. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Everybody
1: has responded really well, and I'm. Yeah, it just makes me more and more excited. And I get the same kind of responses
0: from all of the other projects that I work on. I love that. Yeah. Well, they're great ideas. They're just great ideas. They're things that we want to see. I've never...
1: One of the things that I love about the sort of stuff that I write is that I don't chase genre necessarily. I chase the concept Hmm. that I really enjoy. Like if the concept excites me, like the apocalypse or something about like a uh, soldier with PTSD who does stand-up comedy which yeah. is which is blue which is yes. being rewritten currently oh. or um an American teacher living and working in northern Iraq uh during the occupation like that was something else that I've written mm-hmm. so I ch- and those are they're all different genres and there's plenty of comedy and and drama in every single one of them but it's more about Chasing the subjects that really, really interest you. That's the stuff that I love to write.
0: And they really are rich concepts. You always have rich, there is never a flimsy, there's never a, a thin concept in anything you write. It's always such a dense, complicated topic that you you want to see where with lots of complex parts. Um, well, hey, Maddie. Yeah. yeah I Justin. love you.
1: Oh, I love you too, Justin.
0: Thank you for coming. This was a blast. It was. Thank you for listening, everyone. Maddie's going to say goodbye to you as well.
1: Bye. (laughs) I love you.